Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, January the 8th. And as we like to do on Mondays, we'll be chatting with our good friend, uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Let me say hello to Bill, because we have a lot on the agenda. How are you, Bill? Oh, reasonably well, Silvio. Uh, we, we missed the big storm here in, uh, in New York. Uh, but I understand up upstate they've uh, they've gotten a, 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 a more generous uh, donation from the snowman. <laughs> well, I have to tell you something. The next week when we chat, the temperatures for next Monday are projected to be 12 degrees in, in North Texas. And wow. for several days, we're going to be in the teens. So wow. I guess global warming missed us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, just, uh, that, that's on next week's agenda. Right, yes. Yeah. So anyway, but I have to tell you that this is Elvis Presley's birthday. I don't know if that means anything to you, but uh, for a lot of people, that's a big birthday. You know, that's yeah. uh, the big king of rock and roll. Did you ever see him play or, or no. watch him? No? no? I mean, I saw him on television, but I never yes. saw him in person. He never no. went to the Carson show that I know of. I don't... Uh, that I, I... Not when I was there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he did. They kept him, as I've read in his, uh, not in his biography per se, but I, as I read about Elvis, they protected him a lot. They wouldn't, they didn't want to overexpose him. Yeah. So they, you know, they made that movie every year and a few hit records and they really protected him. They didn't want to saturate the, the market with Elvis. They figured that they were getting enough money and enough attention with what they were doing, so why change it? You know, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting story because he died at a very young age. He did 42? I don't forty two? Well, yeah. they didn't protect him enough from something. Well, he had, he had uh, I guess uh, I'm not an expert, uh, but I mean you read stuff, and as, as I understand, the last couple of years of his life, uh, addictions really got to him. Yes, yeah. Because uh, when you look at the pictures at the end, and you see pictures just a few years before, uh, it did like two different people. Yes, that's right. It's two different people. So I guess it's, uh, it's he's a good lesson uh, of what addictions can do for oh, somebody. I mean, without they, any question. I mean, destroying uh, a career at age forty-two, it's it's uh, it's pretty bad. Well, Bill, there is a story. The defense secretary and I have to tell you that I have never seen anything like this before. I maybe maybe you have I don't know but uh, the defense secretary apparently gets ill which is you know we hope for a speedy recovery we're not making fun of him uh, as far as that we hope he recovers they take him to the hospital and apparently the as I understand the chief of staff was also sick so nobody told President Biden yeah and I'm sitting here going wait a minute this is not the secretary of transportation with all due respect or the secretary of labor with all due respect. This is one of the two or three people that would be on the phone with President Biden if there was a true emergency bill. That's absolutely correct. I don't get it. I we don't know enough facts. Um, it could be something. There could be nothing here. I mean, it could be that that uh, he he told somebody to tell the White House and that person forgot. I mean, something as simple as that. But usually, I mean, if the Secretary of Defense uh, is unavailable for three days somebody knows about it i mean uh, i it may look this may be something embarrassing uh that that came up or that, that he doesn't want to talk about but it it certainly the the image of it is not good no and and as i said you know anything medical we sympathize with him people get sick i mean that's just the reality 
People are going to get sick. They're going to go to the hospital. And that's just the way life is. But when you're the Secretary of Defense, uh, I guess you getting sick is a bigger problem than you and I, Bill. Well, sure. Uh, and uh, if his chief of staff was also unavailable, that that's that's a bad picture. It's a bad image, uh, especially because we are involved in so many areas right now around the world. Uh, and uh, in, in a very bad way, we, we, the pressure is on the United States. And that pressure is going to be felt more and more uh, as the days go on. We have a president who is not particularly serious or not taken seriously by a lot of our foreign enemies. And then the Secretary of Defense disappears for a few days. Just, uh, you know, they, you know, um, uh, Biden ought to call his cabinet together and say, you know, do we have to take attendance every morning? Right. Yeah. We're going to have to put everybody in Zoom and take attendance every morning. Yeah, right. No, (laughs) that's a great line. But you're right. You're right. I mean, I've never. Now, there are people and, 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 and maybe this is just partisanship. But there are people who are saying that it, it didn't occur to anyone to call the president because I guess, you know, nobody takes him seriously. That's a very sinister way of looking at it. Yes, it is. It's a, but, and I'm sorry to say it may be true. Yes. Well, uh, that's the frightening part. <laughs> but here you have the, the sec- I mean, the, the president of the United States doesn't know. Uh, I mean, it's just I've never seen anything like it, Bill. You couldn't, no. you couldn't do a movie like this. No, they although, reject the script. Yes, although well, let's let's um, go back to the era of Franklin Roosevelt. Uh, the American people were never told that Roosevelt was uh, paralyzed, and the press went along with it. Now there was some indication and in some stories about him that he had had polio or infantile paralysis, but no uh, no photographs were allowed of the president in his wheelchair. Uh, and in fact, one time a photographer did try to take the picture and a, and a reporter standing next to him smashed his camera because mm-hmm. that was a, an agreement between the press and the White House. So in, in a way, there was some similarity there that the president uh, was a, a sicker man than we thought he was, Mr. Roosevelt. And yet the public was not allowed to know the extent of it. That was also true of Jack Kennedy, mm-hmm. who did, was not completely truthful with the public about what he had. And we not we're not permitted to know. I don't recall any incident like this where a man is actually missing right, for right. three days. But we have had attempts at deception before. Right. No, I, that that's uh, that's true. What about you? Probably remember this. I don't. But what about when President Eisenhower had his uh, heart attack? Was that pretty well covered? Oh yes, thoroughly covered. And uh, if I recall correctly, there was some provision made for the time he was under anesthesia. I don't recall if the amendment uh, covered no, that. No, the 25th had... Amendment didn't happen until 67, 10 yeah. years later. So that they would have had to have made some arrangement. Now, of course, obviously, in the case of the president uh, uh, dying, the vice president takes over automatically. There was a gap in the law that it, what if the president was just, uh, you know, under the influence of anesthesia or or unavailable, uh, what, what happens then? That that was taken care of by the 25th Amendment. But yes, Eisenhower, everyone knew about <clears throat> Eisenhower's heart attack. And in fact, it was used as a campaign issue in 1956 by Adelaide Stevenson. It was used gently, but it was brought up. Yeah. But, uh, but I don't remember any others. I know, for example, when President Reagan was being operated, when I think President Bush, George W. Bush, had an operation too, and they had Cheney. Cheney was the acting president for 
uh, half a day or something. And it even happened with President Biden. Kamala Harris was acting president for a few hours. So things like that have happened, but we know about them. I mean, the chain of command isn't broken. No. Or it's not disrupted, I should say. But in this case, uh, I mean, you have, uh, you know, I, I can just imagine. I mean, it's the, the president, there's an emergency and the phone is ringing. And, you know, the president says, well, where is Lloyd? The, the yes. And, yeah. and they say, well, we don't know. <laughs> that, would, that would be an interesting moment at the White House. It really would. Um, although Kamala Harris would probably say, Lloyd who? <laughs> yeah, she would probably say Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I didn't know we had a Lloyd in, right. in the circle. You know? uh, I, I, he, she, he never introduced himself to me right. or something like that. But but I I don't know. I mean I and now of course the, now you're getting into the political side of this, and of course it was only a matter of time before the race card was involved. Well, of course. And and now you have I think our. Our Sheila Jackson here of Houston saying that, well, that's because he's a black man, you know, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's like the plagiarism up in Harvard. I guess that's plagiarism, right. yes. uh, it's because she's a black woman. Forget the fact that uh, she had, uh, as president, has a responsibility to enforce plagiarism, plagiarism rules. rules. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, it's always... Uh, it's always the race card. I've never seen anything like this. You're you're having some people call for his resignation. I think that the wisest thing, or the best way to satisfy the American people that adults are running this thing is for the secretary to say, look, I made a mistake. This was a horrible thing, and I'm resigning. Thank you for the opportunity, Mr. President, yeah. and I'm moving on. I think that would be the the best way to reestablish credibility, Bill. Yeah, that 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 is certainly a, a good way. Or he could just say, "Look, I messed up. I didn't wasn't I, I gave an order to notify the White House. Uh, it was not followed. I take responsibility for that." Or something, you know. I don't think I think the story will go away in a couple of days and it'll sure. stay on. But um, uh, it is it is a very very odd event. I've always wondered. I mean, you know, if if the enemy is reading us correctly uh, and we have to take some military action, whether they could prevent it by something like this, uh, a disruption of the U.S. government. Uh, it's something that I think we ought to be concerned about. Well, I think so. I mean, this is serious business. Uh, I never see this. Uh, when you're talking about the Secretary of Defense and national security problem, I've never seen it as Republican or Democrat. I, right. I think it's the country. Uh, I, I mean, the, the soldiers who are serving the country who, I guess, you know, work for the Secretary of Defense, well, of course, the president, but through the Secretary of Defense, these are young men from every part of the country, from every, you know, ideology. And I think they deserve better. That's just my feeling. I agree with you. I, I, and I think it's something that they feel down in the ranks when things are messed up up above. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of messes, <laughs> yes, Pre President uh, Biden gave the opening salvo, or I guess shot the opening salvo, whatever the expression is, of the campaign. And I, I thought it was embarrassing. I mean, it was nothing but, you know, I didn't do anything, but my gosh, that other fellow is going to destroy the country He's if he gets back yes. in. Yes. It's yes, unbelievable. I, I, yes, they don't. He, they don't speak like adults. I mean, he, he could just say, "I, I see a better way for, forward for the country," and uh, I don't think we need, you know, Trumps this, Trumps that. Um, but he just, 
look, he's not a great campaigner. The last time they kept him in the basement of his house and he barely did any campaigning. And here he is four years later in a much worse situation physically. And, uh, and there he's out on the campaign trail. I suspect they will allow him to make a few speeches and then put him away. And re re obviously refuse to debate. Right. Yeah, uh, that's I, I right. Mean, he's not going to debate. So they'll put him away the last time and, and then run commercials and hope the commercials work. Right. No, that's it. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. We may have the first uh, campaign without a debate. I guess uh, I, I guess 76 is the first one. I Well, of course, Kennedy, Nixon and 60. And then it, yes. it went dark until 76 with Carter and Ford. And we've had them ever since. But all of a sudden here, we may have one. I don't see how he can debate, Bill. I mean, if you put Trump and, <laughs> and Biden, let's say, on the stage, or Trump uh -oh. and really Biden and anybody, even a Democrat, I don't see how he can debate. I don't see how his energy That's can right. keep up with 30 minutes or 45 minutes of a segment, Bill. I think you're absolutely right. And I think there's a, you know, probably a 100% chance that sometime during that debate where he, uh, is, if he's permitted to appear, that he will mess up very badly, and and it will and his problem will come back to him again. Well, he'll say that he attended all these funerals for the police officers who were killed on nine, on January the sixth. Well, there weren't yes. any police officers killed on That's on January right. the sixth. There was one policeman who died. Yes, but he had. I mean, that was the next day, I believe, and it was yes. a heart attack. So it had nothing to do with what happened that day. He talked about all these thousands of people who've been arrested on January the 6th. I really don't know the numbers for sure, but I don't think it was thousands of people who were no. arrested. And to my knowledge, not one of them has been charged with insurrection, Bill. That's right. Uh, no, well, he apparently feels they, they have to come out with some explanation. Uh, and uh, he is trying to prove that he's as healthy as anybody else, which he is not. It's perfectly evident that he is not. See, my belief is this problem started much earlier we should have under law in the united states a provision that anybody who is on a national ticket needs to go through a full physical and cognitive examination of uh, the kind that you would give any to any executive uh to any good member of your family and that it should be a medical panel that's neutral uh from walter reed or bethesda naval hospital uh, and they will give a complete report uh, and uh i, I think that it would be a better a better presidency if we had that provision because we would at least have some minimal guarantee that the president is healthy. Yeah, some objective assessment of the man's uh, mental state or physical state. I remember, Bill, maybe you do as well, when Thomas Eagleton was taken off the ticket yes. back in 1972. And as I recall, it had something to do with some mental problems that he had had or some medical treatment. And he was taken off the ticket. I mean, there was a huge scandal, as I recall, Bill. Yeah, there was, uh, because uh, the, the scandal involved uh, electromagnetic or elect electronic therapy where they put a current through your head or through your brain. And he did not reveal it at the time of his nomination. I don't think that Sergeant Shriver, uh, uh, who well, Sergeant Shriver succeeded him. I don't think that uh, the, uh, the uh, candidate uh, for president, who was uh, George McGovern, uh, knew anything about it, right? Um, and uh, he wound up on the on the ticket, uh, and uh, then had to had to leave the ticket uh, and re be replaced by Sergeant Shriver. But I, that's why I call for a uh, a full examination 
by a panel of doctors, look, they can't guarantee anything. He could be healthy one day and unhealthy the next, but at least we won't have that situation that we have now. I, I consider this disgraceful. I, I think, you know, we're talking about the presidency of the United States. It's the most important, important job in the world. And I think we have a right to have a president who doesn't have mental lapses. No, I agree. I, I think it's only fair. I mean, the American people uh, deserve that. But I do remember reading, the, there was a book that came out by Theodore White called The Making of the President in 1972. I remember reading that. Yes. Uh, it's a great book. Well, there were several books that he wrote like that. Uh, you but, know, they, all, they all were called The Making of the President. Yeah, yeah exactly. In 72 is the one I'm, I'm talking about now. And there's a great part of that book where Tom, uh, George McGovern says, I am 1,000% behind Thomas Eagleton. Yes. And then, of course, poor... Eagleton was off the ticket shortly after. And the reason I mentioned this is because I just heard, well, President Biden didn't say I'm a thousand percent behind, uh, you know, General uh, Austin, but he came pretty close to saying something like that. Yes. And so you sometimes when you hear this absolute support, uh, you sometimes wonder what's going to happen next, Bill. Oh, absolutely. I mean, th that's a statement of today. Today is Monday. Tomorrow there'll be a different statement. Circumstances have changed. The president was briefed this morning and got new information. Uh, and uh, uh, he will be visiting uh, 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 the Secretary of Defense and giving him right. flowers. But the new Secretary of Defense will be, oh, anybody from a group that we need. <laughs> That's right. Well, they already have a woman who's the deputy, who yes. is the deputy Secretary of Defense, or at least they can they can play that game with identity politics. But Here's the other thing, too, going back to the secretary for a second. The, the deputy secretary was vacationing in Puerto Rico, and she apparently wasn't told about it either. No. Which is amazing and, to me. And she apparently was not considered to be an important person in a week when we escalated our attacks in uh, Syria and other places. Uh, it, it seems to be a rather leisurely administration. It is. Uh, I, I heard a general, Bill, at lunchtime, I was watching, uh, yeah, I was watching Fox News at lunchtime, and I heard a general who came on. I think his last name is Kellogg, like the cereal company. Keith Kellogg. Yes, and he came on, and he was asking what I thought was a pretty interesting question. He said, who approved the strike on Iraq, on that attack that we just had? On It was in, I guess, people who were in Iraq, not against the Iraqi government, but against terrorists. Mm -hmm. uh, and who approved that? Because when that strike occurred, he was in in the hospital. So who approved it? And you know the explanation is well, it had been pre-approved or sort of approved before. But the general was saying that that's not the way it works. No. That usually you approve them, and and then you don't say you know a week some, with some time say okay, look if they attack us, we're going to attack them. That's usually not how it works. I, I'm completely out of step here because I don't know the rules. But the general was asking who approved this attack. If the deputy uh, of uh, the deputy was in Puerto Rico on vacation, completely disconnected, uh, who approved it? And the chief well, was. I mean, it's crazy. I don't know. Sure. Well, it would have to be the president. I mean, the president has to approve any attack anyway. Right. Uh, and. Uh, so the president would ask, uh, where's Lloyd? I got a Lloyd, question for him. That, that is the interesting thing. I, I, I haven't thought of that, that we did have an attack, did make an attack during this period. And somebody maybe said, 
oh Lloyd Lloyd is for it <laughs> that you know I, I just spoke to Lloyd yeah, he's, right. he's a Disney world right. <laughs> right. no it's crazy it's crazy I mean but I can just see the you know the the phone call or whatever comes into the of course the president was on vacation too uh, when this was happening but I mean look presidents can approve things obviously when they're on vacation I mean Reagan did. Uh, yep. When he was on vacation, and I'm oh, sure others have too. Vacation means nothing because they have all that electronic equipment right. that they take with them. But apparently, the deputy was did not have that with her. That's the other scary part. The yes. deputy was in Puerto Rico, and she didn't have you know something standing by in case of an emergency. So that I mean, this whole thing is crazy. I, I just don't know how to explain it, but I do think somebody has to be held accountable. Well, absolutely. That's my yeah. feeling. Every member of the chain of command uh, ha has to have the right equipment on, on a vacation or any time once you take the oath. And I don't know what you know if she had. Maybe her equipment is only a classified, you know, a, a secure cell phone. I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing is absolutely crazy. But getting back to President Biden's uh, speech, you know, the he also spoke today. I understand he yes. went to a church. Uh, where there had been a, a incident, shooting. I guess, yeah. Yeah, in, in 2015. And once again, they blame it on Trump, even though Trump at the time had barely come down the elevator bill. That's right. Well, of course, look, everything is going to be Trump's fault. And this is an attack on our democracy. Uh, and if he, if he, if he criticizes uh, the secretary of the interior, I don't know how this can go on. And I still have a democratic country to allow him to do that. I mean, it's such an absurd discussion. It really is. Uh, it really is. It's an insult to the American people. But look, it worked for the Democrats before and maybe it'll work again. I don't know. But uh, the, the whole idea that Trump is an, is an assailant toward our democracy is ridiculous. Uh, he has a record. He was president for four years. If they think he did anything during those four years that was a threat to our democracy, say so. But just don't say that in the future he'll be a threat to democracy. Right. Yeah, be specific. Tell us how he he was a threat to democracy. I was critical of many things that Trump said, his style at times, but I never felt that the democracy was threatened. And the best evidence of it is that he he left the presidency on the 20th of January. That's and, right. And, and went uh, to Florida. So, I mean, for a man who was supposed to be so power hungry, in the end, he he couldn't, you know, he couldn't keep the job any longer than the Constitution calls for it. That's though. exactly right. I, I think that the idea that he was that power hungry itself was a ridiculous idea. The man was, he's a mature adult. He knew he had lost, or at least they, uh, un, under the rules he had lost. And, uh, and he left. He left. He didn't try to hold on to power. It's ridiculous. What, how, how could you hold on to power? I mean, you, you know, do you, yeah, on what basis is he going to uh, yes. uh, is he going to call the army and say, "Hey, I want you, I want to stay on," and yeah. the army is going to say, "Wait a minute, you don't even have a a, a phone anymore." You that's know? right, you, you, that, you, and that happens actually at, at midnight, uh, midday on that day. I think it's midday. Uh, you become president, and and that, that's it, with or without the oath. That's it. You're exactly right. Well, Bill, let's talk a little bit about uh, the wonderful city of New York. Now they are, now they're suing bus companies yes. for bringing migrants. And I don't know if you saw Governor Abbott 
uh, on Fox News Sunday yesterday. I thought he was really good in explaining the lawsuit and this thing about the buses. But basically, he said, how is it illegal to, to take somebody to New York who wants to go to New York, who signed the letter saying, I consent to go? I mean, wh- where's the illegality of this bill? Well, that I think is a very, very big question. Uh, and uh, we may have to rewrite some of the laws dealing with transition to power, making them absolutely specific. That, that's, that might be necessary. But the fact is that in all of American history, we have never had a, a, a real problem with a presidential transition. Right. Uh, you know, and, and you can imagine some circumstances under which members of a president's staff might want to, uh, in a way, succeed him in office by torpedoing the new president. That probably has happened a few times. But the, the transition itself, no serious person has ever questioned who the president is. Right. It's just they, they start these big press discussions and they get some ratings, but they're not going anywhere. That's right. And what do you think of the mayor suing the bus companies, Bill? Well, I think that's the mayor of Chicago, actually, who uh, I, I think New York may have some lawsuits in as well. But I, it's silly. <laughs> they brought this on themselves. You know, it's it's they're, now they're trying to blame the bus companies. They brought this entirely on themselves by declaring themselves sanctuary cities without ever giving a thought to what that actually means in real life. Right. They never thought people would actually take them up on it. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, that's the problem but, of, of liberalism. Don't ask any questions. We've done it already. <laughs> right. But as I understand, there are so many thousands in New York City. Uh, I was watching... Uh, an interview the other day with a business owner who just, just one of the many small business owners there in New York city, these merchants or whatever. Yeah. And he was saying how these migrants are coming into your business, asking for money or asking for something for free. Uh, Cause they don't have any money. We we've brought six and a half million people into the country uh, without any kind of work papers or work permits. That is these people cannot work. We're encouraging them basically to work under the table because that's the only option they have to support themselves. And we've done all of this in the most chaotic and disorderly way, Bill, that it could have been done. It's crazy. Well, the, you know, when you add to that things like the evacuation from Afghanistan and you wonder if this administration is capable of doing anything well. Well, I, I think you're right. But I mean, this, you know, bringing... And again, I always, when I see these things, I I have to compare it to our experience because we came here, as you know, Uh, my parents came here when I was a kid back in the 60s. And when we came here, the minute we entered the country, we had already been approved. Uh, And then we went through the paperwork at uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, And then as soon as that was finished, the next day or the day after, my father could work. Yes, so yes, my father, yeah, yeah, we did get, I think we did get an airplane ticket uh, or something like that to go to Wisconsin, but that wasn't really the government. That was actually a charity mm-hmm. that paid for that. But the, the point I'm making is that my father could work the next yes. day or the day after. And so he, he wanted was, to. He wanted to. And, and I'm sure, to be honest, I think a lot of these people want to work as well. But, yes. But they don't, you know, we've brought them in in the most irrational way that now we have all these people here. I was watching, uh, I think it was Henry Cuellar saying the other day that 80% of them are going to be rejected in their in their asylum re- uh, request because they're either economic refugees or they don't fit 
the definition of, of political asylum. So these people, most of them are going to be told, you got to go back. But how, you, how how do they go back? I mean, who, where do they go back to? There's, I mean, no me- there's no mechanism for it. Right. And it's the whole thing with the border is a complete disgrace. It is nothing more than an attempt to pack the nation full of potential voters for the Democratic Party. But when you read the list of countries that they come from, this is not was not the idea. I mean, some have come from Vietnam. Some have come from Iran. Uh, some have come from other Asian nations like China. I mean, I, I, I agree with those people who, are, who dread the possibility of a, a terrorist attack by some of the people we've let in ourselves. It, it's, it's, you know, it's not the usual places we get refugees from. No. Um, and, you know, this is, of course, my point with Mexico. Mexico over the years had no problems with Mexicans coming over because those Mexicans would come over, work, and send money back. Yes. So at least there was some benefit to Mexico in that. And even though it was illegal what they were doing, it was not chaotic, Bill. That's uh, exactly it. You would they would basically come into the country, get connected with some kind of a network, they'd be washing dishes, cutting grass, doing something, working, and sending a hundred dollars to their mom. Yes. But it was not chaotic. Most of them would stay away from trouble. I mean, they were basically scared to death to tell you who they were. Uh, because they were in the country without papers. But it was not chaotic. No. What we have right now, it's totally chaotic. Well, it's totally chaotic. And what, what you have now is blatant dishonesty and blatant lawbreaking by the President of the United States. I mean, he, he took an oath of office, and he is violating that oath. There's no question about it. And very frankly, I think this is one of the greatest scandals I've seen in my lifetime and the potential for real damage to the United States is so great. And that is not being talked about by the most of the network commentators, by a few no, years. Not at all. And there's a cartoon or story in Babylon B, of course, the humor newspaper, saying that the DOJ is suing Texas for wanting to enforce the laws that the Congress passed. Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> pretty- uh, the... the, the, the the, the absurdity in Washington is so great. And what makes that absurdity possible is the negligence of the press. The, if the press was doing its job, the, a lot of these things would not be happening because people oh, would not be able to get away with them. Absolutely. Oh, there's no question about it. They'd be asking questions. Oh, of course. Or, or at the very least, they would be demanding answers. I mean, we now have a president, as you know, who doesn't do press conferences. Well, the press should be demanding Yes. Press conferences. They should be saying, well, if he cannot do it, put the vice president out there and do it. Well, it's, or something. I, I remember when a, a President Kennedy was in office and he was asked after the Bay of Pigs, whose fault is this? And he said, I am the responsible officer of the government. We had a completely different notion of responsibility in those days. The president took responsibility. Right. You're right. Well, Bill, another story that I'd like to get your reaction to is the statue or monument to William Penn in Pennsylvania <laughs> has just been removed or is yes. about to be removed. And they're doing it in the name of uh, Indi- I, indigenous in, peoples, indigenous people. Yes. Which uh, I sent you that article by Jonathan Turley. And he was basically saying you can do both. And of you, course you can. You can honor William Penn for his contributions to the nation. And you can, you know, honor the, 
the Native Americans for, you know, and maybe in some cases for getting a bad deal. But you can do both. You don't have to destroy William Penn. No, but they, they, the, the element that is in control of the Department of Interior is very left wing. And this is the kind of thing they do. And I think they think it's going to help him win the election. Bring in I the, think this is going to hurt him in Pennsylvania. Because I think it will, too. Because Jonathan Turley was saying that they're going to change the name of the state to Transylvania right. and, and take the pen away. Because, yes. I mean, they, and, it's add like, the, and add the trans people. Yes, of course. Yes. And, and but I mean, if you if you if you eliminate William Penn as the founder of Pennsylvania, then I guess you're going to have to change the name as well and change the name of the university and change the name of Penn State and all the other other universities that that have that name. I mean, this is so crazy. It's silly. It really is. And it, and, and it's childlike. It is. Well, no. I, and but I think you're right. I don't think the public goes for this. No, not at all. Every no, survey I, has shown that. Yes. And I, I hope there's a real backlash in Pennsylvania. I hope so, too. There should be. There should be. I mean, part of their heritage has, has just been replaced. Okay, one last one here, Bill. I wanted to get your reaction. I just saw this at lunchtime again. They're blocking bridges in New York oh, yes. and tunnels. Mm-hmm. Very and, bad. And that is putting, making a lot of people very angry. In fact, I saw a scene or video of a guy getting out of the car and getting into a pushing, uh, I guess, and, and pushing uh, one of the protesters off. Somebody's going to get killed, Bill. If, of course. if the police doesn't intervene here or the National Guard doesn't intervene, I don't know where the governor of New York is, but she should be sending the National Guard and saying, you're not blocking the bridge, period. Yes, well, absolutely. This is not only an illegal act, as you, as you pointed out, it's a dangerous and illegal act. I mean, an ambulance might not be able to get through or an ambulance trying to get through or fire engine can, can hit some of the protesters inadvertently. But I fully agree with you. This is a tragedy waiting to happen. It is also amazing that these so-called protesters don't realize how much they're hurting their own cause and why that doesn't bother them. Well, they're living in another planet. You know, yes. It's like the people who walk into a museum and, you know, damage a, a beautiful painting because they want to protest fossil fuels. And I'm going, you know, I'm sitting there going, you're make, you're not making a lot of friends when you're doing that. No, no you're not. If I you're think bro- I, if they want to protest, they could have an area set aside for protests where they don't interfere with traffic, don't interfere with other people living their lives and exercise their First Amendment rights. But this is not in the First Amendment. And no. what is so sad is the silence on the left just the silence on the left. Right. Instead, of, instead of saying, we can do this another way, they're either supporting them or remaining silent. You know, and, I was thinking you could put them in Yankee Stadium. There's probably enough room there. Oh, yes. Or in Shea Stadium. Well, not Shea Stadium. A city field, they call it now. Yes. Put them in, in one of these ballparks and just let them air it out. You know, just have five or six hours of protest and they can do whatever they want to do and the media can still cover them. But they're not affecting the people of New York, I mean, somebody's going to get killed and it could very well be somebody in an ambulance. That's exactly right. doesn't get to the hospital on time. That's That's, the thing that worries me. That is exactly right. Uh, Or it could be uh, somebody, uh, a member of a family who is trying to get home to a sick relative and doesn't make it on time. I mean, it it is completely negative and there's nothing positive about it. No. And what is the mayor saying, Bill? I I don't I, I've been waiting for him to make a comment. I may have missed it, 
but I don't think he's saying anything. Uh, I mean, he wants the Hamas vote. You know, there's a big Hamas vote in New York. <laughs> well, isn't there a big Jewish vote too? I you know, maybe they cancel each well, other. Well, they're, they're, well, I don't know. Given the way things are in America today, they'll probably <laughs> not allow them to vote. <laughs> well, that might be coming, unfortunately. Uh, or not coming, but a suggestion being made to take them off the ballot uh, in the name of Palestine or in the name well, of Gaza, oh, take yes. all the, you know, take all the Jewish candidates off the ballot in the name of Gaza or something. Uh, I imagine like, that's going to come. Yeah, it, eventually. It gets, it gets that crazy. It does. Well, Bill, I want to thank you as always for, for joining us and thank you so much for your input. And I wonder what crazy thing will happen next week. I wonder what what uh, member of the cabinet will be gone for a few days? Now, I know Secretary of Transportation has been gone for a couple of years, but nobody has seems to be missing him. So I don't think anybody cares where he is, Bill. Well, there, there could be a few others who go AWOL and, and don't tell anybody. And, uh, and we'll have to have some good explanations. I think that some of the gossip columnists may tell the administration, we need a juicier explanation. You know, what's her name? (laughs) (laughs) What's her name or what does he really have? What does he really have? Well, Bill, have a great week and uh, we'll chat next time. Same to you, Silvio. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Our our good friend, uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda, talking about a lot of issues. This story about the Secretary of Transportation is, I mean, the Secretary of Defense is absolutely crazy. That's all I can tell you. Have a great day. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll get together the next time. Thank you.